You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. I am excited to be here with you on Bench Talk. We're going to answer some questions. Uh, We're just going to kind of shoot the shit yet again. This is Tuesday. March 31st, happy end of March, felt like a long-ass month, huh, guys, with everything going on, um, but, hey, here we are, end of, end of March, hopefully we can get through another month in our homes, isolated with whoever, without killing anyone, alright, um, yeah, I'm excited to be here, shoot the shit um, with you guys, and just kind of uh, put out some content. That you can watch while you're uh, at home. You podcast, you're watching the video here. It's streaming on YouTube and IG Live uh, every Tuesday at 12 p.m. All right. So I appreciate everyone that can join in. Uh, I'm going to make this a regular thing. This is um, the Q&A portion of our podcast. And then on Thursday, we have another show. Uh, the next one's going to be on Bar Path and the Bench Press. Um, some difficulties with that in terms of. Do you come down really slow on the bench? Do you have a hard time controlling that bar path down? Um, do you have a hard time? Oh, Mike said on YouTube. All right, Mike. Uh, appreciate you Let me know. All right, I think we're good here. Everything's hooked up. Okay, um, so Thursday, uh, we have that podcast coming out. So check that out, guys. That's on the uh, Benchcast. All right, and you can catch that on Spotify iTunes, uh, really wherever you listen to podcasts, you should be able to get the Benchcast. All right, so Tuesday, our Q&A, kind of shooting the shit version, and then Thursday is going to be our topic version. I'm going to try to keep those a little bit shorter. This Thursday is only about a 17-minute or so podcast. All righty, so we're here in the HQ. I'm taking questions. I have questions that were posted up on our Instagram the other day. I'm also uh, taking your questions here live on Instagram and YouTube. All right. So why don't we get this thing uh, turned up here with uh, Keith Keith Rupp at Keith Rupp on Instagram? Thoughts on the upright row? Is it good or bad? Um, I don't think any exercise is inherently bad. You know, I would never call an exercise bad. Uh, Every exercise has its place. And I think bad, uh, exercises get the internment of bad because some moves are more prone to injuries than others. And some moves require more mobility than others. And when someone gets injured on a, a certain movement, they automatically pin it as bad. You know, while it may not be good for you, doesn't mean it's a bad movement. So I think the upright row is one of those movements where a lot of people don't really perform it correct, gets a bad rap, and um, you know, gets it termed as bad. And I, I don't think it's a bad exercise at all. I think it's a great way to build up your upper back strength, your trap strength, and we know that's super important in the bench press in terms of being able to create your stability, hold your positioning. Uh, so you want a big, strong upper back, big traps, and I think the upright row is a great way to hit that. Um, it's something I actually have gotten away from a little bit uh, in my training, and 
you know, hearing this question, I want to get back to the hitting those upright rows a little bit more regularly. But um, it's it's a great that shrugs. Um, it's a great movement. You just have to be careful with it though, um, because you could definitely put too much stress on the shoulder, especially if you don't keep it close. If you don't actually treat it like a row and you control too much through the shoulders, well, now you have this really heavy load displaced out in front of you, and that's never good for your shoulders. So that's where uh, it could potentially become bad. But with any exercise, you have to focus on the correct technique with it, use the right weight for you, um, and it just has to have its place. It needs to be warranted. All right, so Keith Rupp, I appreciate your question there. Uh, I'd say thoughts on upright row? I'd give it a thumbs up. It's good to me. All right, um, let's go to Niall Cassidy on Instagram, at Niall Cassidy. Opinion on Smolov Jr. for benching. Um, well, I assume for benching. I know that's also for squats, obviously. I think well-known program for squats, uh, a well-known high-frequency program. Uh, well, I don't really have an opinion on Smolov Jr. It's not something that I've ever done myself. It's not something that I've ever coached. So I don't really have an opinion on it because I've never used it. And I haven't looked too much into it. I know it's a very high-frequency program. I know that Smolov program known for squatting almost every day. Um, different intensities. I think you can make it work. Can you make it work long-term? That I don't know. Um, that's always very tricky when you have high frequency like that. Okay, so maybe something that you could do to kind of kickstart some progress. But if you are someone who doesn't take to the high frequency well, um, is dealing with some injuries, uh, you know, it's a very tough program to run. It's very high uh, demand on you to be able to do that every day. You got to think too mental fatigue. You know, if I knew every single day I was coming in and having to squat, you know, <laughs> it would be really wearing on me mentally. I, I don't know. Like yesterday, for example, I had a deadlift session and I caught myself uh, kind of relaxing on it, so to speak. You know, when you, you know you have to kind of get yourself hyped for a session, you have to bring a certain amount of mental awareness to the session. But you're just kind of lax. You just can't get your mind into the lift. That was kind of me the other day. And it led to a really shitty deadlift session. Um, where my mind just really wasn't focused on it yet. And um, you know, I, I could see that happening. That mental burnout happening on a program like Smolov. Um, so that's about all the opinions I could give you on that. As I have not used it personally. Um, so I don't have too much to say on that. Alright. Banth 190, what's up my friend? If you're competing in bench only, should I only bench three times a week? Uh, you can bench as many times as you would like to bench. Um, I say three times though would be that sweet spot, but uh, it depends on the person. I have bench only lifters, uh, and we're typically just benching three times a week, yeah. Um, two of those days I'd say are like more high intensity type of workouts whereas one of them is more recovery based so it's probably going to revolve more around just hitting some back work and then um you know having some kind of like two by 20 feet up benching just something to go through the movement get some blood flow in um and just kind of kickstart recovery for the next session all right so yeah three days a week is usually where i'd start with bench only lifters 
uh, because that's their only focus. So two to three times, and then the rest would be filled in with things that are going to supplement their bench press, uh, extra back work. Um, you know, you could have a, a tricep day. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could spin it and go with it. So really depends on the person at that point. But that's a good starting point, I'd say. All right. Uh, kind of to come off of that. And again, guys, you can if you're watching live on YouTube, watching on Instagram right now, you can drop your questions. This podcast is just about shooting the shit about whatever. So I'm here just to shoot the shit with you guys, answer your questions. Uh, this one comes from at Bing You Yap. On Instagram, I bench three days per week. How should I program my training? So uh, that's a great continuation off the previous question we just received. And um, if you are benching three days a week, how I like to structure it, and I've mentioned this before in videos and whatnot, uh, high intensity that first day because typically, you know, after the weekend, if you're resting the weekend. Uh, you know, you give yourself that rest period, you're, you're fully recovered going into the new week, hopefully. Uh, hit high-intensity benching while you're fresh, all right, as fresh as possible. Then recovery bench day, and you can do that right after that high-intensity bench day. So if you do that Monday, you could do your recovery bench on Tuesday. And like I said, that's just going to be like a 2 by 20 feet up bench just to get some blood flow, kind of pump up um, the chest and the shoulders, all that. Um and then you could potentially on Thursday or Friday, you could have a higher volume bench day. So that's the split that I like to do with the three days thing. High intensity bench day, beginning of the week. Um, they have that recovery day right after or the day um, later. And then uh, have that higher volume day to kind of kick out the week there. Because that you're going to have some fatigue, you're going to have some soreness. But you're going to recover, I'd say, more quickly from that because you got to keep in account, too, that neural fatigue you're going to get from such high-intense weights as well um, on that high-intensity day. And you want to make sure that's recovered. Our right. Anthony, 93 on Instagram, do you have any info on the Super Ram and Supercharged as in the material, what levels they are? So I don't think they're making the Super Ram anymore, my friend. Um, the Supercharged Ram, so as far as I know, it's a Supercharged Ram and the Magnum Ram. Uh, the Magnum Ram is made out of rubber, so it's like a really thick uh, rubber band, like a training band. It's pretty much like someone took that uh, Elite FTS Onyx band and, and stuck it into a device. Uh, I have that two of those hanging up right there. That's primarily what I use. I have not got my hands on the supercharged Ram yet. Um, that is made out of that gold standard knee wrap material. So that's us pretty stiff. So I imagine, I think they're touting that as like their their top uh, assistance device. You're probably going to get the most out of the supercharged RAM. Um, that's, to my knowledge, that's uh, if you want a little more boost, you want more pop out the bottom, you're going to get the supercharged RAM. Uh, but it is made out of that uh, gold standard knee wrap material. Okay, Magnum RAM works great too. Um, you know, really, if you're using any kind of assistance device, there's so many out there now, and they all give you, you know, a certain amount extra pop over your raw bench. So it's kind of finding that sweet spot of where, I mean, where is your bench at in a shirt? Because ultimately, if you're going to compete in a shirt, know where your bench is at there. Don't get an assistive device that's going to overload even more than your shirt. You know, you want to be proficient on what you're going to compete in. Get something that's going to allow you to keep a similar groove. Um... You know, you don't have to get crazy and, and get everything. 
you know, I, I keep it real simple. I got my, my Super Ram. I got my uh, my uh, Magnum Rams. I got my Bench Freak Band. That's really all I need. I'm, I don't really have interest in getting more. Um, but, hey, that, that's all I need, and that I can get all my work in with that. And, and pretty much that Bench Freak Band, I can carry myself all the way up to weight I could potentially handle in a shirt as well. All right. So, BAMF 190. So, the recovery day is a little bit of a low weight with volume just to get blood flowing yes sir uh, that is going to be very lightweight probably under 50 percent around 40 percent feet up benching two by 20 or so all right art anthony thank you sir you're looking to go geared this year that's awesome my friend very excited for you um it's it's going to be a huge wake-up call i think uh, because I wish everyone had the opportunity to go equipped because um, when you go equipped, if it's squat, bench, deadlift, whatever it is, it highlights the technique you need to have so much uh, because you can't get away with any flaws in your technique. You know, it's this, from the setup to how you're controlling that bar, everything on. Um, you need to have that dialed in. You're probably right off the bat. You're probably going to realize how important that takeout process is, uh, and how much detail goes into that. Okay, uh, like I said, I wish everyone had the opportunity to train equipped because you know, all the raw lifters they say, "Hey, you can just throw it on and, and get this huge boost." If you know what you're doing. All right, but what it's going to do for a raw lifter, and we want to talk carryover, and I think this is going to be the topic I'm, I'm going to shoot uh, this Thursday for next Thursday podcast. Um, you know, one thing I want to talk about is, is there a good carryover from gear lifting to raw lifting and then vice versa? Um, and I definitely think so in terms of technique. I think there's more carryover raw to equipped, but in terms of equipped to raw, I think technique is where that's at. Uh, we got some questions rolling the YouTubes. Um, have to go back, kind of hit the screen here to see them. Adam Bell, how important of a factor is regular muscle soreness in your workout frequency? So, uh, obviously, I'm not going to try to attack a huge session if I'm completely sore as shit, and that's a constant. Uh, I'm probably going to make some changes if it's a regular thing, but uh, if if I know why I'm getting that soreness, so new exercises beginning of a new phase, um, more volume, all those types of things. I anticipate there's going to be a lot more soreness accompanying with that, and then that's going to subside in time. So that first week's going to be a doozy. That second week, you're going to have much, much better recovery. Um, so if I know the reason why that's happening, and you know by now I, I kind of have, at least for my training, I have a really good idea of when I'm going to get sore from certain things and, and how much I might encounter uh, from what I'm doing. I kind of anticipate that, so it's not going to really change the game plan per se. Uh, if it was a constant thing and you just find it, you know, constantly going into a big session sore, that's going to be an issue. Uh, but soreness uh, isn't something that I factor in too much. I'm aware of it, but if I'm sore, but I feel ready to do a workout, like I could amp myself up to do a workout. You know, I more think, how can I approach it mentally? Because I think more than anything, the mental side of things is going to will you through a session to get done what you need to do. If you're not there mentally, just like I said, I had a horrible, shit-poor deadlift session the other day. 
first time back and trying to get some equipment on, straps down, deadlift, and absolutely poor, horrible. My mind wasn't in it though. And I think more so than anything, your mind has to be into your training because you're not going to have proper execution. You're, you're not going to have that focus you need. Um, you're just not going to be there. You're just going to be going through the motions and you just can't do that when you're training uh, intently. So I'd say that factors more into how I might make changes to a routine more than anything. But again, too, as a coach, um, it's a very tough thing to read. So I rely on communication. Obviously, Adam, you know, um, you know you've been with the team for a long time. I'm always trying to figure out ways. Uh, I mean, you're not really a worry with someone like you. You're really good communicating everything. But when I don't get much feedback from lifters, it's very difficult to kind of make those modifications and things. Because I, I not only need to know how their body is feeling physically, but then I really need to know where they're standing mentally. And the more I know where a lifter's at, the more I can make changes, the more um, you know, I can plug and play different things and, and make those modifications. Uh, if I don't receive much from a lifter, it's really difficult to know what's going on. And then I just kind of have to make my, my uh, best estimate at where they're at and how they're handling the work based on like, what they're logging in and stuff. Okay, so hopefully that answers that, my friend. I want to get to another one I didn't want to skip over here on YouTube. Mike Fraser, does the bench freak band you just talked about carry over to us raw benchers as well? Um, it's not something I'd really get for a raw bencher. A raw bencher, I would simply stick with slingshots. Uh, that's really all you're going to need. Otherwise, it's just way too much carryover. You know, it's, I relate it to using a super heavy reverse band. I mean, sure, we could have someone bench 600 pounds reverse band but you know is that really doing anything for a 300 pound raw bench you know what i mean um you're better with this, just that light overload all right and then power powerful powelly i am powerful powelly i don't know where that name came from maybe last name powelly i like it though uh will you see i'm sorry will you see will we see you doing um what the hell am i reading here will we i can't read anymore guys will we see you doing and meets oh that's why a little confusing p.s thanks for all the tips my bench has gone from 130 kilogram to 182.5 kilogram in six months that's a shit ton my friend i'm really happy to hear that for you um but will we see you doing and meets uh, i'm a little confused on, on what you mean there uh, will you see me doing meets myself? Um, I mean, I, I, my next one's in July. I usually try to post some footage of it, but I'm just kind of benching. I got three attempts and I'm done. It's not much to see there. Um, but if you could clarify on that question, I'd love to answer it for you. Um, Mike Slingshot it is. Yeah, but I mean, that's all you really need is a raw bencher. I know, you know, sitting back as a raw bencher, there's that, there's that, man, if I had my hands on this thing, that'd be pretty cool. But really not needed um and i guess it's easier for me to say i've been doing this for a little while now so um i'm kind of at that point where i'm more laid back with it but i remember starting out i was like shit let's throw in a slingshot reverse bands boards you know and let me lift 500 you know what i mean because um, you think it'd be cool but um it's easier said now where i'm kind of got that more wisdom the older aged wisdom there um doing this for a while i i much more uh practice 
trying to be smart, trying to, um, you know, it should be a reason to everything I'm doing. So it's, it's easy for me to say because my head's kind of there already. Uh, at Keith Rep, any benefits to switching to close grip for a while? Will it carry over to regular grip? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think close grip, especially depending on the person, um, close grip can be a really valuable tool, especially if you bench wide traditionally. You know, because we're going from one extreme to the other. So um, there could be a good carryover there. Obviously, you want to still practice your regular grip you're going to use, but especially earlier in the off-season. Um, and then, you know, I've had lifters continue close grip benching uh, up until the meet in some capacity. They really felt there was a benefit there, um, building up the tricep strength and stuff. And then, obviously, for a, um, a quick lifter, going to be doing a lot of things close grip uh, a lot of the partial range movements we'll probably be doing close grip because we want to emphasize the tricep so much uh, so you probably see more of that with um or at least more partial range close grip with a quick lifter uh, but hopefully that answers that my friend um let me see oh youtube i don't want to miss anything i don't know why it's not staying up here on youtube but uh all right guys so um want to continue down some of the questions that we got from Instagram the other day there's oh, here's one how to not lose strength during corona I know tough time we're all kind of training in our homes here at cleans and beans on Instagram uh, so my friend I if you guys want to message me shoot me a message on um, Instagram shoot me an email coach Ben at .com. Um, just let me know if you're training at home and you want some at home programs um, I'll send you over that PDF that's no biggie whatsoever uh, Matteo Dominelli from Italy, Big Benches. What's up, my friend? I hope you're all doing well. I know Italy's getting rocked right now. But, hey, like any classic boxing match, you up on the ropes. Just a couple duck and weaves. Hit them with the haymaker. All right, so you guys will be good soon, I'm sure. Back to training. Um, so I wanted to uh, answer that question. Yeah, you can absolutely keep strength. And potentially even set yourself up to get stronger. Um, I, I, obviously, depending where you're at. I mean, for me, it's like how do you how do you maintain 800 something plus pounds on the bench without actually getting that kind of stimulus? Um, the best thing I'd say, you know, because you're just you're not going to get the stimulus you really need as a power lifter at the end of the day if you're lifting big weights. Okay, um, you need to get under a barbell. You know, point and simple. It's like if you're a football player, you need to go play football to get better, you know. So um, the best thing we can do, though, to set ourselves up for success and potentially get stronger, depending on where you're at, uh, to work on those weak points that we, we know we have, we we never really hit them. So for for us benchers right now, it would be like uh, shoulder stability work, trying to build up our upper back strength. So, you know, we're just sitting at home most of the time so we can hit upper back um, with a band, we could keep, you know, make it a point to do 100 uh, upright rows with the band in a day or do 100 face pulls, kind of put together this little scheme. You know, I'm going to do 100 of these a day, uh, hit a bunch of push-ups, uh, challenge yourself, banded push-ups on a decline. You know, there's ways to work it around, guys. And then any of those plank variations, arms extended planks, do add rotations to that. Um, you know, there's some stuff you could do up against a wall too, just holding that position, doing protraction, retraction, um, just holding a, a band overhead. That's really tough. 
But, you know, those are the kinds of things we can be doing right now to set ourselves up for success once we get under a barbell. And even if it takes a little time to get back to where we were and make that progress, uh, we're going to be in a better place from attacking what we can do right now as opposed to not doing anything and, uh, you know, really being like shit once we get under the barbell. You know what I mean? So... Um, yeah, absolutely. You can keep that strength. And guys, uh, remember, message me if you want some at-home programs. Okay. All right. Uh, this was a good one. At the lightest heavyweight on Instagram. Thoughts on heavy overloads with beginner lifters. Is that beneficial? So heavy overloads in terms of slingshot, reverse band, uh, partial range, I probably stick away from from beginners. A beginner is really easy. I mean, just do some linear progress, and they're gonna make that that those gains. You know, just simply add a little weight over time. They're gonna make those gains, and that's really gonna go for anyone. I mean, anyone can find a really great progress, uh, make great progress on a model like that. Um, no matter where you're at. But overloads, I'd say I'd reserve more for a lifter who I know is technically sound, a little more advanced, has more training experience. Um, and I would feel safer doing that from a coaching standpoint because um, I'm always hesitant when uh, I put in some of those overload stuff, especially if I know, you know like some lifters just kind of training alone without any safeties or anything. You know, doing some of that, that's it's dangerous. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be the one that told them to do that. Um so it depends on the situation. But, um, yeah, I do, I do think it, it could be beneficial in terms of heavy holds. I think heavy holds, you're not really traveling anywhere, but if you can just stabilize that weight. And I think that everyone gets nervous that that's going to be, you know, the dangerous thing is the heavy holds. But the heavy holds aren't the dangerous thing. The dangerous thing is doing, like, the heavy slingshots and stuff because you're actually traveling with the damn thing. Um, heavy holds aren't really dangerous. You should be able to control that weight. All right, so... Uh, I think heavy heavy um, holds are going to be real beneficial, especially for a beginner, because they're going to learn how critical that takeout process is because it's super maximal weight, um, how to set that bar into their lats, how to create that control, because right, it's it's that sense of prepare yourself for the weight, don't let the weight prepare you. Sometimes a beginner needs to feel that weight to learn how to bring enough intensity to what they're doing uh, to you know potentially lift something big like that. All right, so that's a great question. And we got any more coming in from Instagram or YouTube? Just shoot your questions down below. Uh, we got Seth Law. How do I use less shoulder rotation on the bench? Um, so I, assuming that you mean avoiding that dump touch where you kind of internally rotate there at the bottom, uh, I would say focus on what you're doing with your back because your back is is what's going to keep you in that good position tucked underneath avoiding that nump touch if you're traveling a long way with that bar that's a tough thing all right um easier for me to say because i can get to this nice arch just boom right there so my shoulders are usually very protected from that the longer you travel you know the harder it is to um you know work around that and keep your back tight like that okay but focus on dragging your scaps down to your hips okay and and try to keep that as best you can seth law continues i tuck but find myself to flare at the at the top it works but i am scared of a shoulder 
rotation injury. So I would not focus on tucking, especially if you're a raw lifter. I'd focus on just creating that bend to the bar, and then your elbows are going to position themselves. If you bend the bar with your lats, the elbows will position themselves. Just like when you spread the floor in a squat, the knees are going to position themselves. You don't have to think knees out. You don't have to think elbows in. All right. Um, you're going to be better off just keeping that tightness and then maintaining that. All right. That'll put you in much better positions. Uh, powerful Poelli. Um, says, my bad Ben was autocorrect that got me there, but yeah, I'd like to see you smash some big benches. Uh, yeah, my friend, if you search, um, you know, we, we got, I got some up there. I haven't got some footage from some of my meets, uh, full power meets usually up there. Uh, but yeah, my 730, my, my last few benches are up there at 820 and my 730 are up there from last year. Uh, if you want to search those, you can check those out. But hey, follow me at Bench and Benny. On Instagram, that's where I post all my lifting. All right, Geo Power 50. I'm over 50 and intermediate. My deads and squats are always slowly increasing monthly. I can't move my bench. It's my midpoint to lockout. Any ideas? Floor pressing is working. Thank you. Well, uh, if uh, first, if floor pressing is working, I'd keep floor pressing. Um, you know, continue with what's working. If it's your mid range, uh, first I'd. I always like to look what's going on with your technique in the bottom because that's going to tell us a lot. All right, what's happening in the bottom of the bench? Are you making it a focus to pause? Are you actually using your back? Because your back's that spring load to come off the chest. If you come off the chest just with your chest strength and your shoulders, you're more than likely going to get stuck halfway. So that's what I would look at first. Are you loading your back right? You creating that tension, that tightness right? Uh, and then if you do have a true sticking point mid-range, maybe have a longer range bench, I would do a lot more close grip work. I would do some speed work uh, with pauses off to chest, add a lot of band tension to that. Um, I love board pressing with band tension, pin pressing, floor pressing, and just treating yourself like you're an equipped lifter, right? Um, those are going to be some of the things that you can do to attack that type of sticking point. Alright, and should benchers look at where they touch on their chest or keep their head down? So I'm cool with a lifter either watching the bar or just staring at a neutral point in front of them in the ceiling. So I'm good with either or. I wouldn't look at your touch point though. Um, I'm not even sure you'd be able to really. Uh, maybe I can't because I got this freaking beard in the way. I can't see nothing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but... Um, I don't want your head to come up. That's going to be the main thing. So either you look at a neutral point or you look at the bar. How important is arm day for raw benchers? Arm strength is a big thing. Uh, more triceps than anything, and that's the large majority of your arm. Uh, a lot of the bicep work that a powerlifter is going to get in is going to come from our row variations, stuff like that. Um, not to downplay the importance of doing curls and whatnot. Um, it's always a tough thing to throw into a program. It's not. It's an isolation move, so it's not that taxing. But uh, you know, when you're trying to get the best bang for your buck with movements as a power lifter, uh, then you're not really thinking of curls. Okay, so uh, that's one of those things that I encourage people to do on their own. Um, get some extra curls in or whatever. And um, you know, the triceps is definitely something that we will make a point to hit hard though. 
is the tricep strength for sure. We're actually running in our VIP group, we're running a, uh, for the month of April, we're doing arms every day, training arms every day. Uh, I'm really excited for it. Last year, uh, we had our winner, she put on an inch and a third on her arms. I put on a half an inch on my arm, which, seeing this year, it looks like that's gone, but <laughs> going to try to get it back. Um, but we're going to see some really good results with that. I'm really excited for it. So we are training arms every day, month of April. Um, in our VIP group there. Jacks go. Hi, what is your favorite tricep exercise, one that gives your bench the most? Uh, so if I had to say what well, is going to be the best carryover, it would be a bench-specific move. It would be a partial range. So um, I'd say close grip benching to boards with band tension is one of my favorite mm -hmm. things. I uh, can't really do that right now. My shoulder's a little aggravated. But I'd say any kind of bench partial range movements, your best bang for your buck. And then in terms of isolation movements, I don't really think you can go wrong with anything. Um, I really like that move that I was experimenting with, came up with that banded tape press. So search that on our YouTube. That's a really good one for an isolation move because you can um, get into your bench position, right? You have the crossover of the bands, and then boom, you're just kind of going through a lockout motion just like how you would on the bench and it's easy on your elbows in the bottom you get a real good kick at the top that you can hold uh, so i really love that band of tape press and how that's feeling um so yeah isolation that'd probably be my favorite but definitely try to mimic a bench movement all right we have a few more i believe here um thoughts on two workouts a day at the hybrid hillbilly so two workouts a day, um, the thing I was mentioning with Matt here is that it's a great strategy if you do your main movement in the morning, accessories at night. Uh, that's the only way I can really see that working out if you're going to go through a traditional powerlifting split because you're not going to try to do main movement and then another main movement at night. Um, the only thing is that you have to actually get yourself to do the accessories at night after you already hit the main movement hard. If you are confident in your, in your ability and you're going to get it done, Accessories at night, I think it's a great strategy because you're coming in a little more fresh now. You had some chance to recover um, and bring a different type of focus to it. But that's if, you know, I certainly wouldn't, it wouldn't work out for me right now because I could not see myself putting myself back in the gym to hit accessories later on. Um, so it depends if you're actually going to do them or not and you trust yourself to do them. Uh, so that accountability has to be there. But I think that's a really good strategy. Uh, and then we have another one. Well, this is the last one, unless you guys want to drop some more cues here on the YouTube Instagram live. All right. Uh, having a lot of pain in my armpit. Can't tell if it's pec or delt. Thoughts. Uh, so the injury questions is really tough for me because it's really uh, some of these things are, are more uh, like you should probably check out with a PT first. And not something that I can answer super directly like that. Um, so I can't really tell you if it's your pec or delt. A PT would be able to do that probably. That's what they do. So um, that's always my general recommendation is go see someone that specializes in that. But I understand um, why I get those questions. Injury is one of the most frustrating things, and I try to address those the best I can. Um, but it's really just going to be general advice, um, you know, making sure you're not overdoing it. So if something's bothering you, you know, give yourself the rest. It's worth it. My shoulder's been beating me up. i just been smart about it right now, so I'm kind of overcoming my shoulder, and it's getting better, right? You know, I'm not getting pain doing this right now. Um, you know, just doing what I can, not doing, you know, kind of taking uh, secondary movements out. 
Um, I get through what I can from main movements. If it's equipped, I can do that. It doesn't bother me. Um, I've had pain in my armpit before, specifically on the right side. I just try to do as much soft tissue around the shoulders and pecs as I can. You know, whether it's the delt, whether it's the pec, you know, I just try to loosen up the area the best I can, activate everything the best I can, um, stress all that in the warm-ups before I get to the bench. Just do everything I can, precautionary, um, you know, not overdoing it in the training. Just general recommendations like that. Uh, for a specific fix, you're probably going to want to see a PT about that. Okay, but I get it. I get a lot of injury questions. Uh, I get why, but just tough for me to answer directly. All right, guys. So I think that's it. I appreciate everyone tuning in. What a great bench talk, shooting the shit with you guys. All right, we uh, we answered some great questions. All right, on it. We'll get one more in there. We'll get a buzzer beater. Do you agree that some back work should always be worked in on bench days? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely big on <clears throat> if you're going to do some pressing, then get some rowing in with that so that you don't become overdominant with the pressing. Um, <clears throat> try to balance that out with some rowing. So I'm big on trying to do back work with every session, really. Um, that's always something I look to do when I'm programmed for my athletes. Um, you know, I'll look back and be like, do we have some back work in here? Do we, are we going to be sufficient with back work? Um, so that's always something I like to forefront of my mind when doing programming. All right. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. Great bench talk. I can't wait to be back next Tuesday. Um, I'm going to be live again on, th uh, I think, Thursday with our VIP group. Okay. So if you want to join our VIP membership, you can go to bigbenches.com. There's a tab there with all the info, awesome benefits for joining that group. And we got the arms challenge going on right now. Um, you have exclusive content. We put out content on the squat and the deadlift as well. Uh, free program templates there. Um, we have webinars. Uh, I'm doing them on a weekly basis, so I'm going live with the group every week right now. And uh, we just got some awesome stuff there, discounts, discounts on the website. So uh, please join us there, VIP membership. It's less than $10 a month. You know, so it's really not a huge investment point at all, plus with the value you're going to get from that. Uh, if you take advantage of everything up there, you, know, you, you are going to find a shit ton of value for your $9.99. So, guys, if you want to check that out, you want to get involved, you can go over to BigBenches.com, um, hit that VIP membership tab. And I'd love to see you in the group, love to interact with you there, and we'll have some good times. So, uh, anyways, I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you all for being here. Uh, please check out the Benchcast on Thursdays. We got our new podcast episode dropping this Thursday. Uh, so every Tuesday we're going live. Every Thursday we got a podcast. So make sure you're subscribing to the Benchcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And I will talk to you all soon.